Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com, and it's a customary open for episode 44 of the award-winning on-demand audio experience. It's never won an award, but that I could all change the light to say that this is a Frugal Snobs podcast. I thought I would bring everyone a quick drink review as an open for the show this week. So I'm enjoying a Goose Island 312 Green Urban Pale Ale. Um, very distinct brew, by the way, everybody. I'm enjoying this out of a Sam Adams Perfect Pint. has a very nice aromatic smell to it. Little hoppy, not quite as hoppy as you would get with a standard India Pale Ale, but you can still get some hoppiness to the scent. Um, no head on this thing, probably served at around 45 degrees, so cool to cold. Um, in terms of the taste, uh, I will admit I did take a few sips before recording this open. Um, a very interesting taste, really not as light as a lager, not as heavy as a porter. So it's a nice, it's a nice uh, hybrid, if you will. Um, this is my first Urban Pale Ale. Um, very interesting. I would definitely enjoy this probably with something salty or crunchy, probably peanuts, tortilla chips with guacamole or salsa, possibly even pretzels, or just as a standalone as I am enjoying it here. Um, I would probably give this a 4 to 4.5 star snob rating, 5.4% ABV, 30 IBUs. So you do get some of the bitterness, but it's in the aftertaste, not in the foretaste for this particular pale ale. Very interesting, everybody. Uh, check out all the brews from Goose Island. I've had quite a few already and reviewed uh, for the FrugalSnobs.com uh, site, of course, and, of course, on episodes of the Frugal Snobs podcast. So check out all the brews from Goose Island. Again, this is the Goose Island 312 Green Urban Pale Ale. Hope everyone enjoys the episode this week. Be well, never pay retail, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. I'd like to welcome everyone to episode 44 of the award-winning on-demand audio experience. It's never won an award, but that could all chance I'd like to say that it's the Frugal Snobs podcast. Now, as I record this episode along with Christina, she's here with me, it is the evening of Saturday, March 12th, 2016. Want to wish my dad a happy belated birthday, of course. His birthday was yesterday, March 11th. I will not let anybody know that he is years old. But I do wish him a very happy birthday. We sent him some really cool birthday stuff this week. We'll talk about that as part of the episode. I think everybody will find that humorous. We'll talk about a couple of deals we found, and we'll get into our topic of the professional mindset. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Christina, say hello. Hello. All right, so let's kick it off. You can find out more about us at frugalsnobs.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash frugalsnobs, on the Twitter at twitter.com slash frugalsnobs. You can tweet us at frugalsnobs. You can also use the hashtag frugalsnobs, all one word, all lowercase, to keep the discussion going. If you'd like to see images of all of our great posts that we're posting out at frugalsnobs.com, you can see all those images on Tumblr at frugalsnobs.tumblr.com. Now, you can check out this podcast, of course, by going to frugalsnobs.com, but we recommend and we prefer that you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes by hitting the subscribe button, folks. It helps us climb the charts, and while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. helps us out. You can also add us to your Stitcher playlist if Stitcher is your podcatcher of choice. But, as always, you can check us out throughout the web and around the web by going to Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. And follow us on Spreaker, folks. helps us get to iHeartRadio. That's our next mission with the podcast. You can also check out the podcast on podcastchart.com, on player.fm, and on Podfanatic. And we are soon to be coming to Google Play Music. The podcast has been approved to be added as a podcast to Google Play Music. Um, those podcasting services are coming soon. We'll give everyone details once the podcast is released. But we have been approved, and we are anxiously awaiting to join the Google Play Music family. 
Okay. <clears throat> Pardon me, folks. I had to clear my throat there. Now, as it comes to the short-form content for Virtual Snobs, we are aware that we are feverishly working to get short-form content out, but we've got a lot going on. But you can check out all the short-form content, including video versions of episodes of this podcast by going to videos, that's V-I-D-E-O-S dot frugalsnobs.com that will take you to our YouTube channel, so go check that out. And, of course, you can check out all of our deals at frugalsnobs.com by looking at the deals found section of the webpage, which also links to our Foursquare page as well. So if you're an avid location-based service user on Foursquare, check us out on Foursquare. Check out where we're finding all the deals and all the comments that we place there as well. Okay, so this week... Christina is with me. She has a hot chocolate. I myself have a southern pecan coffee with a little bit of grandpa's old cough medicine. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Jim Beam Devil's Cut added. Uh, very nice. Christina added this bourbon uh, to this cup of coffee for me, and it's pretty strong, so I don't know how much you added. Not much. But it's pretty good. Just a pinch. Just a smidge. Yeah, just a few drops. A few drops. Uh-huh. Just see how big the drops were. Yeah, those are awfully big <laughs> drops. They're generous drops. All right. Are they crock tears? Crock tear drops? Yeah, Maybe. Yeah, but crock tears are fake tears. This is very real bourbon, folks. It's pretty good. All right, so I have a couple of updates. I want to talk about a couple of deals that we found today, including one that we just picked up, thanks to Christina. So our first deal, of course, of the week was a deal on Powerade, the sports drink here in the United States, and, of course, sold globally as well. Uh, we were able to pick up, I believe, what, 24 Powerades for $17? About that, yeah. That's pretty good. So that's around 69 to 70 cents Powerade, folks. They typically sell for $1.40, so we did pretty well. Saved about 50%. A little less than 50% with the taxes, of course. Got to include the taxes. All right, I also wanted to remind everyone here in the United States that it is the observance of Daylight Savings Time starting at 2 a.m. tomorrow, Sunday, March 13th. Now, a couple of quick little factoids about Daylight Savings Time. I want to add a couple of facts to the show for every episode moving forward. First fact, did you know that Daylight Saving Time is the actual terminology? It's not Daylight Savings Time. It's Daylight Saving Time. Okay. Second fact, are, did you know and are you aware that Benjamin Franklin was the first to actually propose a daylight saving time policy for the United States? However, back then in the late 18th century, in the 1780s and 90s, no one really listened to him. So unfortunately, that didn't pick up until 1966, third fact, when Lyndon B. Johnson signed in the daylight saving time uh, policy into effect. And as I like to say, Christina, it's something else cooked up by the Democrats. Daylight saving time is totally made up by the Democrats. And, last fact about it, don't want to bore anybody, but the Department of Transportation apparently controls the daylight saving time policy. So, if you're wondering why states like Hawaii and Arizona do not observe daylight savings time, or saving time if you will, it is because they've provisioned the Department of Transportation to basically ignore daylight saving time. So, there you go, folks. If you have any analog clocks left, which some people do, if you have a grandfather clock or an antique clock, make sure that you set that clock forward this evening before you get some rest. Now, for those of you that are, of course, using digital devices, as are we, because we are frugal snobs and we're also geeks, uh, your devices should, of course, change automatically, right? So it's going to basically pull the atomic clock from a server clock and be able to uh, pass that on to your device. No worries there, folks. Hope you enjoy losing that hours of, uh, hour of sleep, I should say, and uh, get to bed an hour early. You should be fine. All right, so other deal of the week, um, Christina, thank you for this. I am a numismatist. That is, of course, for any lay people, a coin collector. Now, I've been collecting coins throughout my life, but a few years ago, unfortunately, when my grandfather passed away due to an ATV accident, he was in perfect health at the age of 77, had an accident, 
uh, near his home in West Virginia and uh, unfortunately passed away. But in the aftermath of his death, I was given a number of coins from his coin collection from my grandmother. And I actually forgot about those coins for a number of years, and I found them recently. And we went through the coins and, of course, the banknotes and found quite a bit of uh, currency that was worth something, so to speak. And, of course, they're sentimental, so I will be keeping them. But it it reignited my love for collecting old money and currency. I think it's an amazing hobby. I think it's really historically interesting. And we decided to go out and start hunting currency. Uh, we're going to be putting together a currency budget per month and uh, just checking out seeing what we can find. Now, I wanted, and I've wanted for quite some time, uh, Depression-era currency and 1920s currency. And thanks to Christina and through a little bit of sleuthing, we were able to pick up two 1928 $2 bills, um, and apparently they are worth roughly, I believe, how much are they worth, Christina? Uh, depending on the condition, we are looking at anywhere from $9 a piece up to $269 a piece. Okay, and these particular twos that we picked up from 1928, they were rare or fine or very fine condition. Correct, and those are worth anywhere from $96 to $269 per. Per. So worst case, $96 a piece. Yes. Best case, two sixty nine a piece. Correct. For t and we bought two of them, folks, and we actually only paid twenty six dollars and change for them. Now, um, according to a little bit of online searching, of course, apparently the Great American Coin Company, I believe they're called, uh, has this particular bill selling right now for over sixty dollars on their website. I think it was sixty three. Sixty three dollars on the website. Now, again, we are placing faith here um, in terms of authenticity. Um, Again, you have to watch out when you buy things such as banknotes remotely, and you don't have a chance to take a look at them. Uh, but we are putting some faith into this. It was $26. We're willing to lose the money. Um, if, of course, this was not a good investment, we won't invest further uh, in this particular endeavor. And let you know about it. But we'll let you know about <laughs> it. That's right. So we're looking forward to the twos coming via UPS, first class or priority, whatever. USPS. Gotta love the government. Wait, it's coming USPS? Yes. What? We have to put – wait a minute – we have to put our trust in the evil post office that I've already talked about on episodes of this show. I already warned you before we pulled the trigger. Oh, I can't do think about it now, can I? No. All right, well, guess what? This is a note to the USPS. If my $2 bills do not show up at or before the scheduled date and time, we're going to have a major problem. Unfortunately, it's scheduled for Saturday. What? Ugh. <laughs> okay. We Fine. Will, we will keep track of tracking on those. Okay. Fine. Anyway, $2 bills from 1928. Pre-Depression currency, getting into the Depression in 1929. I'm really looking forward to these bills getting here. Uh, as someone who studied economics and finance in college, and I did very well at it, mind you. Don't want to toot my own horn, but I was a magna cum laude graduate with a degree in economics, as well as another degree in business and a master's as well. So, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go back to humble mode. That's easier, right? So I've always loved the concept of old money. I think it's very historically... Um, Symbolic. I think it's really cool how we uh, exchange uh, paper, so to speak, or cloth, if you will, for goods and services. And this is pretty cool because these bills would also be covered as being backed by gold, which, of course, currency is no longer backed by gold. So it's pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to it to add to the $2 collection and uh, possibly flipping one of these things down the road a little bit. So, all right. So let's go ahead and get into our topic this week and by the way if you're looking for my bonehead of the week award folks that's coming in the podcast extra so stay tuned for that at the conclusion of the episode okay so getting into our topic this week which is the professional mindset 
Uh, as everyone knows, at least in my career, Christina, I think, can vouch for this as well in her own role. A lot of changes are taking place, and of course in my role, many changes are taking place with the departure of my previous colleague in California. And I wanted to talk about a couple of uh, points as it relates to the professional mindset, both when the times are good, when the times are okay, and of course as a third when the times are bad. So I'm going to take a sip of coffee here, folks. Oh, whew. Wow. That is strong. I'm assuming I'll be sleeping well tonight. Yeah, probably. Okay, good. All right, now... <laughs> into the professional mindset. So um, the motivator for this topic, we've talked about um, professionalism and building one's career, of course, throughout multiple episodes of this show. We've talked about coaching, and we've talked about um, in with the new. We've talked about different topics around one's career. And the professional mindset is really a perpetual topic. It, it really is covering the span of your career, everything from your first job if you're a younger listener uh, also, of course, through to retirement and keeping your head up and leaving with a positive exit. And we talked about that uh, on the Art of the Exit, so go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Cheap plug for that episode, folks. Got to do it. Got to make money on the podcast. We got to make money uh, throughout, so we're going to be selling our currency, of course, if you decide to do that. But you got to make money in your career, too. So I wanted to talk about the professional mindset. So the first point I wanted to talk about when it comes down to the professional mindset is always be a leader. And what I mean by that is when you go into any role, and I can vouch for this when I entered my current role, you always want to go into that role not feeling intimidated. Now, that's different than humility. Humility and intimidation are very different things, right? So I always go into any role very humble. Um, I'm there to learn. I'm there to be a sponge, as I often say, and I'm learning things every day. But you should also be confident and always be a leader and understand that you are also representing your company. Now, that doesn't ma- that doesn't mean that you're representing your company any less if you're a remote employee as I am. It actually means more so that you're representing your company because your company isn't represented on site except for you, right? So I'm this single person for my company working on site with a customer. So always be a leader in your role. So always keep your head up, always be confident, and always be aware. And that's kind of my next point as well as being aware. Now, Christina, do you have anything to add to the always be a leader topic? Always be willing to learn. Don't think you always know everything. Yeah, but that's number four on my list. You took my thunder. That's number four on the list, everybody. So That's the only thing I had off the top of my head. Enjoy your hot cocoa. I'm going to keep running my mouth. <laughs> so my next point is to always be aware. Now, what I mean by that is um, always be aware of what is happening around you. Now, I'm not saying that that's paranoia. In the professional mindset. Now, you may encounter many people throughout your career who feel paranoid, like someone's out to take their spot, like someone's out to, to basically stab them in the back, like someone's out to always get them. Ignore those people because they will do nothing for you but bring you down, and they distract you. So you should always be aware of what's happening around you. Um, always be aware of the people on your team if you're part of a team-oriented culture. Uh, always be aware of those that you work with in terms of the closest people you work with. Be aware of what their their role is. Be aware of what their duties and scope of their role are. Because what you don't want is you don't want scope creep in your role. And I want to talk about that for a second. Um, In my own role, given that my colleague in California has unfortunately been dismissed from the company, and I wish him well. I truly do from the heart. I wish him well. Um, I have to, of course, be careful since I am the last man standing, so to speak. And we talked about that on our last episode. 
But I also have to make sure that I protect myself. I protect my personal life. I protect my home life. And I don't allow my, my role, now being the last in the group, to have basically scope or role creep. Uh, I don't mind additional responsibilities or development, but at the same time, you don't want to get bulldozed either with, with a workload that you may not be able to handle. So always be aware of what's happening around you. Be aware of the politics uh, as well. I hate politics in terms of my career. Now, of course, the sport of politics is entertaining. <laughs> That's right. Christina's laughing at me. And by the way, go Trump. just wanted to say that. I'm a Donald Trump supporter. If you don't like that or it upsets you on this show, too bad. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's too bad. Um, but always be aware of your environment. Now, the third item on my list I wanted to talk about is to always um, be calm. Always not only be aware, but be calm. And that kind of leads back to that paranoia point that I just made. Always be calm. Uh, take your, your doubt, your negativity, and you can take it elsewhere. And that's what happened to my colleague in California. Uh, he can take his black cloud elsewhere. So um, always be calm, be willing to um, think through a problem, uh, always think of a solution to the problem. Never bring just a problem, but bring a solution, and never think there's only one way to do everything, because you can always synthesize a more creative way to do something. Um, in my own role, I know that my, co my former colleague, I should say, in California always said I was very calm, and that I was very put together, and that I was very laid back. And yes, I am. I am very calm and laid back in my role. Because even on the worst of days, there are so many things outside of your control. There's no point in worrying about those. The best thing you can do is worry about what you can control. And what you can control is your approach. So always be calm in terms of the professional mindset. Um, collect yourself. Don't get emotional. And don't judge. Because you may not agree with how a person that you work with lives their personal life. But if, as long as they don't take it to the workplace, you're fine. If they do take it to the workplace, then you have a problem. But be calm in that respect as well. Always play the bigger role. Always be the bigger person. Don't be petty. Don't be paranoid. Just be calm. So number four on the list, thanks to Christina, is, of course, to always be willing to learn. Always be open. And like I said before with development, always be open to take on responsibilities. But, but to avoid that role creep that I was talking about, you should always be prepared to defend why you will or won't take on a particular responsibility. And there is a difference between work and responsibilities, and I think, Christina, you would agree with that. Exactly. Right, I mean, busy work versus taking on a leadership role in terms of a responsibility, a culpability, if you will, yes. that you have. Yeah. So don't confuse the two, everyone. If someone comes to you and says, I'm going to give you these five tasks to do because I'm empowering you, they're not really empowering you because if you look at the tasks themselves, if those tasks are part of the role of the person that gave it to you, basically they're making you do their work, which I'm not cool with that. I don't think you're cool with that either. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. So there's also ways that you can stop that from happening. And um, as I've said on, this ep on episodes of the show before, always stand up for yourself. And I, I've had those problems before as well. I've had people hand me work to do that wasn't really my work. Could I do the work? Sure I could. But does that mean I should be doing the work? No, it does not. So if you encounter someone that's doing that to you in the workplace, I've helped Christina with this as well in terms of setting boundaries. You definitely want to be able to set boundaries, but don't be rude about it. Um, a good way to do that is if someone says, well, I need you to do this. What are your, what are your um, objections to it? What are your concerns? What are your con And then what you should be doing is going back and saying, 
here are my concerns. Here are the considerations you should make as part of that, especially if it's a superior to you, a manager, for example. Don't be rude, but be forward and say, look, here are my concerns. Here is where I think we were going to have a problem. Here is where I have a problem with doing all of this extra work because here is what happens to me outside of work. Everyone, I understand that there's the preaching of a work-life balance, but I take it to heart. To me, my job is basically 40% of the care in my life. The other 60% is a blow-away 60%. My home life, my personal life, my outside life is far, far more important than my work life. And I didn't used to think that way. I was a young professional coming out of grad school, going to set the world on fire. And I did. I did pretty well at that for, for quite a few years, but I also got very lonely in that process. And I also found that the person that I became is a person I didn't like. So becoming more human was a lot more liberating for me. And by letting go of the corporate life a little bit, I was able to thrive in my personal life. And now I'm at a point in my life where, again, I am doing work that I don't mind doing. I'm defending my position in terms of what is the scope of my role. I'm aware of what's happening around me so that I can preserve what I have and enhance what I have, and I'm calm. I'm not paranoid. All I'm doing is executing and doing my job. The last thing you want to do is to allow yourself to be bulldozed or be bullied in, in the workplace. So stand up for yourself and defend yourself. Be calm about it. Be professional about it, but defend yourself. Now, the last item I wanted to talk about and there's many more, but I wanted to keep the topic at least manageable for this episode, is the, and actually Christina gave me this particular point as well, is the, what we'll call the pre-termination phase, I guess? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I had a lot of energy with that, right? Yes. Pre-termination pre, pre phase. The pre-termination phase, whether it's a pre-layoff or pre-firing phase, unfortunately for some folks, it's difficult when you have a coworker who basically just doesn't care anymore or has openly told you they don't care about something anymore. Um, it's very difficult to work with those people because they become more combative, more belligerent, uh, more standoffish, more resistant. And there are a number of other explicatives I could use. But in those cases, you're just trying to do your job, and you are satisfied with your role, and you're just trying to do what's right. And if somebody else on your team is not, then there's a couple of things you can do to, to help mitigate that individual's uh, contributions or lack thereof to the effort. One of them is to just work around the person. I did this all the time. Christina, you can vouch for that. Uh, yeah. I worked around my colleague all the time. I had to. If I was assigned something to do, I was going to do the best I could at it. I was going to grit my teeth and bear my way through it because we still needed to move forward. I work with a firm that also supports the U.S. government. The U.S. government doesn't stop. And just because one person has a problem with how things are done, I can't let that be carried on my back. So I have to do my job, throw that person off my back, and do what I have to to get things done. Good point? Yeah. Thanks. So <laughs> that's one option. You can work around the person. The other way you can deal with this is talk to the person directly. Now, I know some people out there will go directly to your manager or that person's superior. I don't exactly agree with that in all cases. I think it's better for you to talk to that person first and let them know what they're doing. And if they don't stop or if they try to use something against you, such as if you've done work together, or if you're assigned a joint project and they take credit for things they didn't do, which I've had that problem as of last year. Christina's aware of that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm going through that now. Yeah. So you basically have a situation where you're both assigned something. Let's say it's bonus-related, and in my case it was bonus-related, um, where you have two people that are assigned a task. One person does the work. 
the other person bluntly and blatantly says they don't care about this project and then tries to claim that they did work toward it and tries to get compensated for it, yet you're the person that did all the work? Absolutely not. That is absolutely wrong. And in those types of situations, I am a fan of going to management because if the two of you are teammates and you're managed by the same individual or your peers and your managers are peers, then I suggest you talk to your manager so they can talk to that person's manager. Or if you share a manager, in my case, I did, then I went and talked to my manager and said, look, this person did very little. I showed evidence of that person doing very little. And as we all know now, that person has unfortunately um, been dismissed. And I think in many cases, people do things to themselves. I wish them well. I wish them no ill will. But remember, like I said, folks, everything in your work life can't be controlled by you. But the things that you can control, you need to control, and you need to defend yourself. So that is the professional mindset comments I wanted to make on this episode. I'm sure we'll talk about it again on a future episode. Uh, Christine, you got any comments? You covered most of it. I mean, there really wasn't more, to, much more to do. Excellent, and I'm hoping I did it in a fair way. Yes, blunt, fair, and honest. That's what I always want to have for our listeners. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Take another sip of coffee here. I'm going to give a couple of uh, closing thoughts and um, a little couple of updates as well of what you can expect out of the Frugal Snobs moving forward. And we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Hope everybody enjoys the podcast extra. So one second. Ah, that's good coffee. Good stuff. Christina's giggling at me. So, good stuff. Guess maybe she has an agenda. Um, again, I'm not being paranoid, though, am I? No. Oh, good, okay. Am I honest? You try to be. Well, I try to be? Sometimes you're too honest. Thank you. <laughs> See, everybody, you heard it. I'm honest or too honest. All right, at any rate, um, go ahead and wrap up this episode and give a couple of dates first. Now, as I talked about before, everybody, um, we are looking at potentially getting a syndication option out there. We talked about a newsletter. I don't want to crowd everyone's inbox with spam or potential spam or, or the thought of potential spam. So we've decided to make updates to the mobile interface for frugalsnobs.com. So if you're on the go and you don't have a lot of time to check out the desktop web experience, check out the mobile experience for frugalsnobs.com. We're going to be doing some work there to give you really a streamlined user experience, give you the ability to listen to this podcast using the mobile interface if, if you do so choose. But again, get out there to iTunes, Stitcher, or around the web. We want you guys subscribing or adding to your playlist for this show. Do not simply depend on the pod track player on the website. Again, we get better data, better analytics, and better momentum if you get out there and subscribe and add to playlists. So get out there to iTunes, get out there to Stitcher, leave us a five-star rating and a comment on iTunes, if you will, and we would greatly appreciate it. So anyway, back to the mobile interface. So the podcast will be on the mobile interface in terms of a link. We're also going to be adding links to the most recent posts, um, deals found, etc. We're gonna have to work with the mobile interface a little bit, see what we can give you. But we're gonna basically identify three or four, you know, quick hit items that you can click right from your smart device or from your tablet, of course. So that's the first update. The next update is, as I've said before, folks, we're trying to get to iHeartRadio. There's a couple ways you can do that. As I alluded to at the beginning of the episode, you can simply follow us on Spreaker. That's one option. That's s p r e a k e r dot com, and you can search for the Frugal Snobs there. Or you can use the drop-down list that you'll find at frugalsnobs.com. Check us out around the web. Click Spreaker link. And again, follow us. We need followers to be able to qualify to make it to iHeartRadio. It's going to be a great triumph for us because we'll get syndication that way. Now, another way you can help out the Frugal Snobs Project, done with the updates there, folks. The other ways that you can help out the Frugal Snobs Project other than following us and subscribing and adding to playlists is, of course, 
by taking the PodTrack survey by going to frugalsnobs.com. We've added a link right on the homepage for the survey. Five to ten minutes, folks. You give us key demographic information, help us align additional topical material, and, of course, qualify us for advertising and sponsorships. Not a fan of ad copy, folks, on this show. But if I'm going to be reading ad copy, I want it to be for product services that you find beneficial and can use. So please do get out there and take the PodTrack survey if you haven't done so already. Now, the other ways you can help us, there's two. The first is, of course, by doing your Amazon shopping, folks. Simply go to FruitSnaps.com, and you can use the Amazon search widget at the bottom of the homepage. Again, it's absolutely free. It's F-R-E-E. It's my favorite four-letter word, of course. You can do your Amazon shopping directly from FruitSnaps.com. Simply go to FruitSnaps.com, use the Amazon search widget, search for your item of choice, click on it from the search results. You'll be taken to an Amazon landing page. From there, you can complete your purchase using your Prime or standard Amazon account. Again, absolutely free, and in the process, by using our Amazon associate relationship with Amazon, Amazon is, of course, kind enough to kick back a few bucks, a few ducats from your purchase to help us out and cover the production costs of the project and of this show. Third way you can help us out is by making a direct donation via PayPal. Simply go to frugalsnobs.com, click the Donate button, and, of course, through a secure PayPal-based payment, you can make a donation amount of your choice to the project. It helps us out. Every little bit helps. We cannot do what we do without you. So we do what we can to give you stuff for free, folks, but we're asking for your help in all things. So please do get out there. Help us out. Definitely subscribe to the show. Add to your playlist on Stitcher. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and a comment. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Through Snops Podcast. If everybody enjoyed the episode, Christina, of course, as always, has been a pleasure to work with and a help on this episode. And we'll catch you all down the road. Hope everybody enjoys the podcast extra. Be well. Never pay retail. Take care of yourself and each other. Take care, everybody. Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. Hope everybody enjoyed episode 44 of the award-winning on-demand auto experience. It's never won an award, but that could all change. I'd like to say this is Snobs podcast. Now, as a follow-up, as a podcast extra, if you will, to episode 44, I thought I'd bring a quick drink review. I've got Christina with me as well. We've got a couple of stories, and I'm reserving this week's Bonehead of the Week award. Sorry if you didn't catch it on the show, folks, but we reserved it for the podcast extra. Now, I'll go ahead and kick it off with the quick drink review. I'm having the Port City Ways and Means uh, IPA. It's actually a rye IPA, so a little bit different um, taste than a standard IPA. Um, a little bit, um, should I say, I'm expecting a mild taste when I take a sip of this thing. Drinking it out of the bottle, it's a 4.5% ABV, so very mild, almost a session IPA is what I'm expecting, but a little more kick from the rye flavor. 55 IBUs though, so I'm expecting a bitter taste. So this is served in the bottle again, around 45 or so degrees, maybe 50 degrees or so, so cool to cold. Take a sip here. Ah, pleasantly light, but still somewhat bitter. Um, again, those 55 IBUs are coming out. Definitely serve very cold. Serve it as a standalone, folks. Um, no aromatics on this. You don't really smell a lot of hoppiness to it. Again, almost a session uh, type of experience. So if you are getting into IPAs, I think this one might work for you as a, as a nice microbrew from Alexandria, Virginia. Port City Ways and Means IPA. I'd probably give this probably a four-star snob rating. I mean, again, not the best effort. Uh, from Port City. Again, their monumental IPA is pretty decent, so check that out. If you haven't done so already, you can also check out the post at FrugalSnobs.com for registered users only, of course. But again, it is the Port City Ways and Means IPA. Now, I'm going to finish up my brew here and tell a little story. Now, Christine and I had a couple of experiences this week. Now, as everyone knows, Christine also takes the metro here in the D.C. metro area to work every day, to and from every single day, five days a week. She's a trooper. Unfortunately, this week, apparently people cannot watch their bags or so uh, when they get on and off the metro. Uh, Christina, do you want to tell us what happened to you this week? 
yes, I was thinking something. I was just writing down some thoughts, things to that I need to put on the site, and just make sure I don't miss anything. And uh, lo and behold, as I'm writing down my notes, I get nice and cracked in the face with someone's oversized purse. Was it full? I would say about halfway full. Okay, so it's almost like they almost had a brick in there, hit you right in the face? Pretty much. Wow. So people, watch your bags when you get on and off of mass transit. It's pretty rude. Again, that's my first Bonehead of the Week award. So there's two this week, and we have another little story. Now, Christine and I were sitting outside the studio this week, and I was enjoying, of course, a cigar. And uh, we've had some nice weather here in Northern Virginia. And, of course, we were outside enjoying the weather. Nice sunny day. First nice sunny day we've had with moderate temperatures in a long time here. Spring is coming. So all we wanted to do was enjoy the weather. And, of course, two little girls come outside uh, right near the studio and start playing violins. Not even playing violins. Not even giving a semblance of music. Just making noise. So Christina, of course, informed these children and their parent that they should not be playing music outside because, again, in the apartment complex near the studio uh, where Christina and I both reside, um, there is a provision in the lease that says you cannot play musical instruments outside. There's not even a practice facility on site, folks, so it's pretty rude. All we ask is that people respect the rules. So Christina, as a vigilante, decided to take video footage, by the way, of these two children, of course, violating the lease, and of course turned in the footage uh, with an email this week, and we are happy to report that we have achieved a victory. So we found a notice uh, today that was put out by our apartment complex, and Christina, would you be happy enough to read this note, please? Absolutely. It says, Dear residents, summer has arrived, and with summer here, we all will be spending more time outdoors to enjoy the season. We just want to take this opportunity to remind everyone of our mutual responsibilities in helping make this apartment complex proud to call, how you make it how you be proud to call it home. Number one, please do not litter. We are just proud of the appearance of our community and need your help to keep our grounds clean and attractive. Number two. Please be mindful of your neighbors' right to the quiet enjoyment of their homes. I'm going to catch up before you read number three. Oh, I'm not, I wasn't done with this one. Oh, excuse me. Go ahead. When entertaining, please keep noise levels reasonable. Remember that you are responsible for the actions of your guests. Is that it? For number two, yes. Okay, so before you get to number three, everyone... I'm sorry. If you have children, they play a musical instrument, we're all about fostering talent. But be controlled and just behave. Basically, this note, before Christina gets into number three, is basically a don't be an idiot and don't be disrespectful note. So if you are cohabitating in a building with others or at a property, please do respect the rules. Again, vigilantes. So number three. Number three, please help keep our stairways and landings free from used gum, spit, and cigarette butts. That is disgusting. Number four, pet owners must clean up after their pets. Please be aware that pet waste is not to be placed in storm drains. Please dispose of your pet's waste appropriately. Okay, the fact that people are storing pet waste in storm drains and not cleaning up after their pets is gross. Look, folks, no one likes the pooper scooper, but everybody has to do it. If you have a dog or a cat, again, clean up after your animals, especially if they're a dog and they're outside. Anything else in the note? And number five, which is the last point, please do not harbor any unused items on balconies. 
everyone would like to enjoy their balconies in the comfort of their home. Unused items create a home for harmful insects. Thank you for choosing to make this apartment complex your home. Sincerely, Management. Wonderful. So this gives you an idea, folks. This is what we deal with. We had to put a stop to it. Second bonehead of the week award goes to anyone who is not respectful of their neighbors and of the others they cohabitate with. We all need to be good to each other, folks. And again, keep that in mind. Clean up after your pets. Take care of your kids. Again, I'm not telling anybody how to parent, but take care of it. And by the way, if you're putting stuff out on your balconies and you do live in an apartment complex, you probably shouldn't have the stuff in your unit anyway. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Everybody enjoyed episode 44 and right off into the sunset. Be well, never pay retail. Take care of yourself and each other.